Welcome to the Learning About Dogs podcast with Kay Lawrence and Frances McCormack and introducing her new collie puppy, Nika. This series is going to be focusing on all those questions that arise when you try and survive that first year with a new puppy. Okay, welcome back everyone to another important topic that we love sharing our views on. Um, but it hopefully we'll get you doing a bit of head scratching and asking more questions. If what we're talking about makes you want to ask more questions, we have done our job. Good thinking. So today what we'd like to talk about is whether a young animal can have too much freedom. And the answer is yes. But then we have to look at how we're going to manage their access to so many choices that they learn to start to make poor choices. So um, Nika at the moment is seven or eight months old. It is going into summer and naturally we have our doors open and we have a lovely garden and we'd like our puppies to be able to be out in the garden, playing in the sunshine, doing good stuff. But what we end up with is a puppy in the garden that digs and they dig lawn for some reason. I can't understand whether there's something in the ground under the lawn. Yes, we've always had lawn diggers or they will start pulling bushes up that have got, you know, special soil on it. Um, I know someone mentioned that my my Gordon had a, a, a license to introduce a new understanding of trailing plants. Yes, because you can <laughs> run around the garden with a entire plant, turf, earth, the whole lot, and bring it in to show me. Lovely. <laughs> and um, they also then get a chance with our fence lines to be able to be obnoxious along fence lines, which is past comment on what everybody in the neighbourhood is doing or shouldn't be doing at that time, at that moment. So it sounds great to be able to give them free access to the garden, but in actual fact, this is a microversion of free access to the park, free access to the street, free access to the woods where we take them out for walks. So we do need to consider that limited access and limited choices where we can still supervise what it is they're learning. Okay, so how is obnoxious child doing in the garden at the moment? <laughs> obnoxious would be a word Poor for it. Garden. Um, yeah, the garden, the garden was looking great, and then Nika decided that we've nicknamed her Monty Dog because <laughs> she has decided that she really likes gardening. Um, decided to move my Coryopsis, which I had replanted into the ground, um, and then moved it again when <sighs> I replanted it after she moved it, and then chewed it up and shredded it. Um, the lawn is a health hazard, not that it was much of a lawn anyway, but it's difficult to move from one side to the other without finding a pothole to twist one's ankle in. She has dismantled the hedgehog shelter and brought it into the house, oh, bringing gosh. twigs onto the sofa. Uh, so there's daily hoovering. Let's see, what what else? What what has she not been doing? <laughs> there's a track around the um, camellia bush where nothing grows because uh, she and Tiernan have been using it as a racetrack. She's bitten the hose, the connector for the hose yeah. and the hose tap, <laughs> trying to persuade them to give up some water. Yeah. She's so having she lots of fun in the garden. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So, so basically, her her garden license has been withdrawn. <clears throat> I mean, there's also a consideration of very young puppies eating things that are likely to be poisonous. Yeah. You know, particularly we have this range of plants. You know, I don't know what's poisonous or not. You know, and snails are either not good for them. But um, mm. yeah. So to me, 
if you if you enjoy your garden and you want to enjoy the plants to live a, a good life, it needs to be supervised access. So if we start with imagining the garden as the future park, i.e. where we're going to take the dogs out for their you know, free running exercise, and I think I'll explain it's not free running. Life is never about free running. Um, we need to look at the garden as a micro version of the rest of the world. So absolutely, we can go out in the garden, when we go out in the garden, we play with them, we do things with them, we do lots of activities and games, and we supervise their behaviour. So if we see the beginnings of something like digging, we divert it to something else, or you can give them a digging area. I'll tell you one tip as a person who's lived with lots and lots of dogs for many, many years. Digging can be eliminated quite quickly by putting poo in the bottom of the hole. So if they have a spot that they all seem to think, oh, I'm going to dig just here in the middle of the lawn and trip you up. You know, there is some spare soil around the top, but just dunk the last bit of poo that you picked up at the bottom of the hole and put the soil on top. Wow. Whatever it was that was in that hole that got them to dig. And it's usually, I think, some insect or bug that's died or whatever down there. And they want to dig to have a look at it. Once they get the scent of the poo coming up, they don't. <laughs> so, wow. so if you have a lump well, of turf never... and you think, oh, I can put that back in, just make sure you put something underneath it before you put <laughs> it back in. And it'll stop them quite quickly. Can't Goodness. say the same for cat poo, though. Definitely don't put cat poo down holes. You know what dogs are. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on for that subject. So, yes, it's limited access. So, for instance, um, uh, Activity around here starts to get very busy after about nine o'clock because we've got building sites and all the rest of it. So I'd love to be able to leave the dogs in the garden to enjoy the view, watch the horses, smell the air coming through. But the minute the builders start arriving and doing very obnoxious building type behavior, they start to get noisy about it. So mm -hmm. up to about nine o'clock, they are in the garden, but their behavior is monitored. Once we hit this, builders arrive and start to get busy, I shut their access down. And I put the gate across the door and they can see a small amount of fresh air and space, but they can't really see what the builders are doing. Now, because they're shut into a smaller area, I can manage their behaviours easier. So if they start to get a bit, hey, we shouldn't be doing that sort of digging just there, young man. I can say, no, no, that's OK. He's fine. I will. OK, you sure? Yes, I'm sure. And they can learn to settle and watch with a smaller amount of stimulus coming in, which is the behaviour I'd like to teach them. So I think you have invested in their own veranda, <laughs> fenced patio, where they can come and go in the house, but then what outside space is limited to... What sort of space have you got for them? In, in the veranda, we have... Um... I'm really bad at dimensions, but we have a good enough space that the three of us can fit in there with a patio table and they can move around mm -hmm. and so on. And then we've got the supervised area at the back, which is about a quarter of an acre. Um, and they're now out there when I'm there. So that's that I'm, you know, there to either play with them or to take Nika out to toilet and so on. Or, or sit out there with them in uh, the kind of fuller patio area, but they'll yeah. stay with me in the shade. Yeah. So the patio is um, 
I mean, people think this is a bit of a high investment, but at the end of the day, the amount of work you need to undo the behaviours that are going to result from free access are worth investing in good fencing that's mobile for your patio area. So you bought um, hurdles, farming hurdles? Yes. Yep. Yeah, I got uh, eight of those. And these are like interlocking metal hern. They'll stand independently as long as there's two and they can stand at 90 degrees they'll stay upright yes um they're designed for sheep pens yes for sheep hurdles you can get giant ones for cows as well i'm sure you can get ones for llamas or whatever there's they come in different <laughs> sizes but they get delivered and you know between you and me and anybody who's listening they're all a lot more value for money than these pens that are sold for dogs yes because they tend to be um, a little bit more upmarket and they know they're cashing in like puppy pens but these are much more heavy duty they're designed to be outside they're designed to take all weather mine have lasted 40 years <laughs> interlocking sheep pens that i bought for lambing 40 years and that would be my next stage so i go from a gate across the doorway where they could lie in the doorway and watch a limited world the next step will be a penned area outside the doorway with the sheep pens which is probably about, I don't know, nine square metres. They can lie out there, play a little bit, push some toys around. If they were desperate, they could launch themselves over it, but they've never been encouraged to get over there. And they seem to, I think if they learn door gates, they learn pens are things that keep them enclosed as well. Um, and so the, your veranda is a fenced corral where you enjoy coffee with dogs and they learn the behavior of spectating the garden and the world without having to do all the other obnoxious stuff that goes with it yes, yes. and they seem to really enjoy that I, I think it's something we have to teach them the pleasure of mm. you know it's not like um puppies want to be active going try this try this try that no no there's a lot of pleasure in just learning to observe the world yeah you know um absolutely I think because they want to be with me when I'm out there and they'll, you know, they'll often just settle down beside me and you can see them, their noses twitching as they scent the breeze or they'll, they'll watch what's going on. Yeah. Oh, I do think, and I think if a dog has to be, you know, um, I would, I, I'm, I'm probably thinking if I was a dog, what would I rather? I would rather be in an outside kennel with a run that's got a view over the world than be shut in a luxurious house. Mm. You know, that sense of being able to see the world go past, smell all those different scents, watch the birds and see who's doing what and which family of birds are taking up residence there. And this, you know, that seems to be a more fulfilling activity for the dogs than we actually give it credit for. And I think they love to, you know, the number of photographs I've got with the dogs just lying out in the garden, watching the world go by, and they just look so content. Um, so I do think we have to teach it and you know life is such that we have to work we have to leave them unsupervised we can be in the house and they can be outside in their enclosed corral yeah and know that they're safe know that they're safe mm. and content out there yeah very important so I mean even that small amount of corralling and then when they go out you're doing a mini walk this is going to be your future let's take the dogs out for a walk around the garden I mean they're not on leads but they're they're with you as you potter around the garden? Yes, and and they'll often stay with me as I potter. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, 
um, we sometimes we play. They when I head when I open the gates and, and we go out, the first thing they'll do is they head to the area where we play and they go, "Is this what's happening?" And I might just want to check <laughs> the plants and walk around and have a look, and they'll come with me and they, you know, they seem to potter along with me. Um, they also like sometimes I sit in because that area is right in the sun. If it's the afternoon, I'll go and I'll sit in a shaded area under the hazel tree at the other end of the patio, and they'll just stay there with me. Yeah, Tiernan yeah. might sometimes move to the grass so that he gets a better view, but he'll lie down there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember when I, you know, I first was working very long hours, and I had the dogs, and I would come off shift about two o'clock, take them up to this woodland area, and take a book. And there was my mm-hmm. favourite tree that had half fallen down, but you could sit on the tree. You know, the dogs have been for a run. I got my book, got my flask of tea, and I'd sit there for two or three hours. Yeah, and the dogs just, just lay by the side of me. There was no question of them running the 60 acres of land that they had access to. It was just, we go out with our person and we hang by with our person. Yeah, so mm-hmm. we're almost setting a pattern of what going out and about in the world will be like in the future. Yeah, and it's not about... You know, if your life is about taking the dogs for a walk for so they get to play with other dogs, then we're, we're losing that connection with them when we go out and about. We're, we're setting up a little bit of a problem area. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I certainly think this new trend in having um, fenced dog paddocks that we have, you know, where you can rent them by the hour. And nice. if I had a if I did have a single dog um, and I wanted to have play parties, I would make sure that any play parties happen in these rented fenced areas. So in other words, it's a it's a selected playmate and the dogs can play, run free. We can stand and natter and we don't have to worry about it. But it is very much that environment is the place where you run and play with other dogs. If we were going for a walk, um, you know, for a six mile hike somewhere, the dogs that we're passing are not there to be played with you know, we are going for a walk together as a group as opposed to looking for social interaction. You know, so building up micro versions of the future life versions, very important so that we can actually limit their responses. You know, I mean, we've both got collies. One of the major issues with collies is fence chasing. You know, they'll chase Mm -hmm. because there's a dog on the other side of the fence, there's cats, there's traffic. And how do I stop in chasing the fence? Don't let him start in the first place. Yep. Yeah. Don't let them start yeah. in the first place, um, because what we've done is left the gully in a garden, unsupervised, untrained, i.e. they don't have the work required, but even a working dog will start up those behaviours. Um, and they've entertained themselves by responding to what's on the other side of a fence or a hedge. And now we can't manage it. Yes. And it's hugely rewarding. Mm. Yeah. In, in fact, Tiernan, we had... This time last year, we had really high Leylandii hedges at the back mm-hmm. and we had them removed. And so now Tiernan can see the tops of people in the next garden. Mm-hmm. And he had developed a rather uh, a fondness for rushing towards the wall and barking at them and running from side to side. What I noticed when we moved back behind the fences is that he would stand up and he would look. Sometimes he'd go into the house and come back out again. But that behavior of of running and barking decreased significantly. So he was. So you you brought him back inside your corral on your on your veranda, so he watched yeah. the people as opposed to race down and told them what he thought of them. 
Absolutely. Felt yeah. rather than feeling the need to respond to them, yeah. he was yeah. just yeah. able to, to be there and watch. And when we've had that supervised time outside, he will go to a part in the garden where he can see them and he might look back at me and I'll <laughs> I'll give him I'll say the phrase, it's on the telly, which means that's nothing for you to be concerned <laughs> about. <laughs> And and he'll settle down and just watch. Good, it's good, been good. such a transformation yes, just yes, because he's yes. had that opportunity to learn to watch without responding, I think. I think it's also the fact that we are not putting these young animals into a spot where they feel they need to protect their space. Mm-hmm. You know, the sense of, oh, there's things outside there. I'm, I must do my collie thing and, and, and stop it. And, you know, no, 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 you can watch these. These are, these are not things you have to work or do anything about. Our space is fine, and these are just things of no consequence. And if we don't teach them that initially, then it becomes a harder job to teach them that later in life to break that habit. But you know, once you've got those fence chasers, it's yeah, being unsupervised in the garden is almost like a sorry, can't you know, it's it's going to resurge, you said, because you said it, it gives them so much tremendous pleasure. Yeah. And of course, then there's the fact that when the dog is out there and they're barking at somebody, you don't want that for the person either. So you'll yeah. go out and you'll call the dog in. And I know in this house we have a history of bribing the dog in. Yeah. Um, and so that, you know, that all yeah, helps yeah. to make it more likely that this is going to happen the next time. Yeah. And you've you've ended any free time outside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so it's it's, you know, this. Oh, they should be able to enjoy free running. No, you know, it's like saying, you know, a a 15 year old teenage girl should have a free, unlimited credit card account. (gasps) (laughs) You know, they're not going to learn how to manage money. They're not going to learn what a budget is. And they're going to say, I'll have this and I'll have everything I want. Yes, because that's what teenagers want to do. Yes, I mean, it might be and clothes. It might be all sorts of things they're going to indulge in. Um, But having some sort of discipline that says, you can have a small amount of access to it until we know you can manage yourself with full amount of access. You know, this is something that we owe them as part of their growing up process. You know, and when we, we think that this dog's going to be fine just lying in your garden all day long while you're busy doing this, that and the other, it, it's it's not good for them and it's not good for the garden. It's not good for the garden. So, you know, the minute you put free spending or free access in front of something, it's a license for young people to go wrong, young dogs. Yeah. And what about, Kay, about them playing together? So this is one thing I've been wondering about. So we have supervised time outside. They have their playtime with me outside. But they also like to play with and chase each other in that larger space. So what are your thoughts on that? I think that's fine. Uh, yeah, because their focus is on each other, not on other idle mind type of stuff. <laughs> like digging mm-hmm. or yeah. fence running. Yeah. So yeah. yes, absolutely. But then when they're cooling down, that's when I bring them back into their corral. Right. Yeah. Bring them back onto the veranda and the patio there where they've mm-hmm. got their fencing and they've got water and they can cool down if it's, you know, it's obviously it's got shade or whatever they need. Um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Mine have a silly moment when I first go out and walk around the plants. Uh, for some reason, they've got to race each other around the garden and mm-hmm. see who can run faster to that corner and that corner. And I go, yeah, you have at it. It's supervised, mind you. I don't leave them to do it by themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, it is definitely supervised. Um, but it doesn't last that long. Five minutes, ten minutes. 
you know, and then you need to plan what's going to happen as they cool down, come down off it. Yeah. And the great thing about those hurdles, as you said, is that they are movable. Oh, yes. um, so we have a little shed that's just an empty kind of building with no door on it. It's an old turf shed and we can put them there. So we have an indoor area and I can sit and read and it's so cozy um, mm -hmm. and they can come in and out and that and, and be sheltered as well. So we'll be, be looking for that when the weather gets a bit rainy, yeah, which yeah. will oh, can, happen any day now. Yeah. <laughs> you can move the pen anywhere you need around the garden. I mean, that's mm. the blessing about having these mobile pens. They're not suitable for in the house. No, not at all. <laughs> Uh, and you can put them across doorways to a limit and they can they don't have a gate as such you have to unhinge unlock one side to swing it open mm -hmm. but um oh i wouldn't do without them now the best things out yes best things out yeah cool okay so freedom free to do this and free to that and free run of the house exactly the same thing should a dog have free run of the house i do not think so i think you need from a safety point of view you need to know that the dog is not free running around the house having access to expensive things and dangerous things mm -hmm. and it doesn't do the dog any it, they're no happier or better off for having bigger space to run around and do things in they're just more likely to do the wrong things and then you have a harder job to actually stop them doing those things at all yes so, and no. I worry particularly about Nika because as somebody who is so interested in other people, she would, with with un completely unsupervised time in the garden, she would find a way, I think, to get mm, out of that yeah, garden. And be off. To get to other yeah. people. And it would yeah. just be so dangerous. Yeah. I think there is this illusion, certainly I found it in the farming, that the dog will just hang out on the farmyard. Yeah, and certainly most of mine would have done um because we're outside doing stuff with them but i had one that was just like nika and as she saw some walkers coming through poof hi i've been missing you for 30 years where have you been you know and then she put a stick in front of them and they'd throw the stick you know two hours later i got a call from the local pub she's here again oh good god because <laughs> she would yeah. she was like well you're not doing any work you're doing fencing fencing's boring i'll go and find people yeah and she'd be off and go and find people or start chasing cars or you know, so leaving young animals unsupervised with so many options to get into trouble is a trouble. It, it's, yeah, it, it's, there's too much risk of it all going badly wrong. And then you have 10 times the amount of work to stop it. Yeah. yeah. So I think the dogs would say to us, no, no, let us learn bit by bit how to budget so that when we get adults, we don't overspend. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and I think the same is true for so many other areas of their lives. That's the wonderful thing about it. You know, this is no different to anything else, to taking yeah, them to yeah, a new place yeah, or yeah. to any other kind of learning we set up for them. Funny enough, the oddest bit thing, um, again, this is a farm thing, is leaving the dogs free access to food. You know, so it was like, um, well, we open up a bag of food and leave it in the barn and the dogs go and help themselves to it when they want it. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Oh my. <laughs> so I think one year I, I was so tied up with lambing um and i had to use all the dogs bowls for the lambing pens to put water in that i thought oh well, i'll try that for two or three weeks and i had to put two bag station bags out because one dog would sit by one and not let anybody else come near it at all <laughs> and and so they had two stations where they could go and free eat all day long yes and interestingly enough they all kept themselves thinner than when i would be actually feeding them 
They all really? lost weight. Yes, they all lost weight. None of them picked out. But you're talking about border collies. You know, they're not sort of, mm. you know, indulgent dogs. But again, that free access to eat food, you tend to then just not value that food or you take the risk they're going to overeat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So managed worlds, graduated exposure to learn the skills they need for those bigger worlds. Lovely. Well, thank you very much again. I think that's been very interesting to look at and uh, we'll see where it goes in the future. Thank you. Thanks, Kay. Thank you for listening. We shall be following Nika's first year through the podcasts. If you would like to learn more, please have a wander around our website, learningaboutdogs.com. We have many, many articles and lots of courses uh, that you can explore. We also have Facebook pages, which is Kay Lawrence and Learning About Dogs. So if you have any questions on first year topics um, or anything else you'd like us to focus on, please use the Facebook pages and ask. See you next time.